Hi there. Today we're going to go through acute stress disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and adjustment disorder. When I say acute stress disorder, once in a while I'm going to say ASD instead, and then for post-traumatic stress disorder I'll say PTSD instead once in a while as well, So just so we know the abbreviations for that. Starting off really quick, just to make a good differentiation between acute stress disorder, ASD, and post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, when we're looking at ASD, it's going to have very similar symptoms to PTSD, except the traumatic event occurred less than one month ago, and the symptoms last three days up to one month. Whereas in PTSD, it is a response to an event with symptoms lasting greater than one month and or the event occurred greater than one month ago. So right off the bat there, we're just trying to kind of make a differentiation between those two main ones. And you can see that a lot of it really is just having to do with the time frame of when the event occurred whatever that event may have been and or what those symptoms are and how long those have been going on for. When looking at ASD further, you can see that the disturbance causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning, very similar to PTSD. And then the disturbance is not attributable to the physiologic effects of a substance or another medical condition. Looking again, then right into treatment of ASD, pharmacotherapy or psychotherapy, psychotherapy is going to be first line. So since by definition, it will last a less than one month or progress to PTSD, better to try psychotherapy before medication. So what I'm trying to say there is that it's been happening for less than one month. So let's try psychotherapy first, as it may take four to six weeks to see some kind of benefit from medications that we'd be using, especially if you're going to be going into some kind of SSRI or SNRI. We know that it can take some time for those to start working. So best to just try psychotherapy, work on that, and if it's still not improving, we're probably into PTSD at that point because we're hitting that time frame of greater than a month, then we might think about putting in some different medications to benefit if we're not seeing improvement with psychotherapy. The first line psychotherapy is going to be CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, counseling and trauma-focused CBT rather than other psychotherapies or medication because by definitions, the symptoms will resolve in one month. So again, what we're trying to say there is that it's supposed to be resolving in one month if it truly is ASD. Because if it goes past that one month, then we're moving into PTSD. And then again, if we move past that one month, then we start treating it as PTSD. And then we'll go over that in just a little bit. A medication that might be considered as an adjunctive treatment to psychotherapy could be a benzodiazepine, but you want to be very careful limiting to that to just two to four weeks. So that actually covers ASD and all that I, I really think is the most important stuff to know for an exam. So then going into PTSD. So like I said, this is the response to an event with symptoms lasting greater than one month and or the event occurred greater than one month ago. The minimum age that a patient must be to be diagnosed with PTSD is actually going to be six years old. So prior to that, we can't actually diagnose them as that they need to be six years old for to give that official diagnosis as PTSD. The diagnostic criteria, it's going to be A through H. So A is stressor, exposure to actual or threatened death, serious injury, or sexual violence. B will be duration. Symptoms last, like I said, greater than one month. Traumatic events occurred any time in the past, but the patient must be at least six years old. C is recurrent intrusions, presence of at least one intrusion symptom that may lead to significant distress or impairment in function. Re-experiencing would be greater than one month of recurrent intrusions. D would be active avoidance. So of the triggering stimuli associated with the traumatic event, this could be some kind of reminders of the event, like memories, feelings, people, places, objects. E is going to be negative alterations in mood, at least two negative alterations in cognition and mood. F, alterations in arousal and reactivity, at least two arousal and reactivity symptoms. This could be like angry outbursts, reckless or destructive behaviors, irritable behavior, 
hypervigilance, sleep disturbances, and others. The disturbances cause significant functional impairment and distress in various areas of life. And then H, sorry, that was G, was disturbance causes significant functional impairment. And then H is symptoms, not the direct cause of a substance or another medical condition. So I wouldn't say that all of those are necessarily important to keep in mind. The main thing is that the stressor is an actual or threatened death, exposure to actual or threatened death, serious injury or sexual violence. And the symptoms must be occurring for greater than one month, or it would have occurred greater than one month ago. And the patient must be at least six years old. The other things, if you remember it, great, but you kind of tend to understand just from a vignette that the patient is presenting with PTSD, but to differentiate it from ASD, you're going to be looking at the time frame. Looking at treatment, again, it'll be psychotherapy as first line. When it comes to uh, the psychotherapy, trauma-focused psychotherapy is going to be the first line that you're going to try with them. And then looking at pharmacotherapy, it's going to be SSRIs. So I wrote in my own notes in red here, keep in mind, pharmacotherapy is not first line treatment for PTSD, but SSRIs are the FDA approved treatment for PTSD. And the way I try to remember the two SSRIs that are FDA approved, so it's paroxetine and sertraline. I just have written in my notes here, the P and the S are capitalized and bolded in PTSD. So PTSD, paroxetine, T, sertraline, D. So just trying to say... Maybe you can think that and uh, keep that in mind when going through exams that helped me. I did have an exam question came up and it said, which of these is going to be beneficial in PTSD? They're all SSRIs. You have to remember which one it is. So PTSD, paroxetine and sertraline. There's also an SNRI that has shown some efficacy in treating, and that's going to be venlafaxine, which is a Fexor. And then you can also use some other medications for other symptoms the patients might be might be having. So insomnia, trazodone is a good, good option. If they're having nightmares or other sleep disturbances or symptoms like hypervigilance, prezosin or minipress is the other name for it can be used. And then both of these medications, prezosin and clonidine, are useful in decreasing trauma-related nightmares. But clonidine and guanfacine can also be used for agitation. So a little bit of extra stuff there. Main thing is the two SSRIs that are approved, FDA approved for PTSD, PTSD, paroxetine, sertraline. The SNRI that could be used is venlafaxine, but the SSRIs are still the first the two ones you want to keep in mind. Medication for insomnia, trazodone. Medication for nightmares would be prezosin or minipress. And then the last couple I mentioned, I really wouldn't even keep that in mind. The main things are, are what I had mentioned there again. Okay, and then the last one we'll go over in this episode real quick is adjustment disorder. So adjustment disorder, this occurs when maladaptive behavioral or emotional symptoms develop after a stressful or non-life-threatening event. So right there, you can see the difference between PTSD and adjustment disorder. So it's a non-life-threatening event. This could be something like a relationship issue, death of a loved one, work issues, having a baby, serious health issues, school issues, financial difficulties. Those are just some examples that I had found out there. And then there's actually a cluster of personality disorders that are more likely um, to occur in patients with adjustment disorder, and that's going to be cluster B personality disorders. I'll go over these at some point, but the cluster B personality disorders are antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic. So there may be a question. I did actually have something like this. I don't think it was directly related to adjustment disorder, but it may ask you what's comorbid personality disorder is most likely to occur in someone with adjustment disorder. It could be one of the cluster B personality disorders. Looking at the diagnostic criteria for adjustment disorder, this would be a maladaptive emotional or behavioral reaction to an identifiable stressor or a non-life-threatening event that causes a disproportionate response than would normally be expected within three months of the stressor and usually resolves within six months of the stressor. 
These symptoms produce either excessive stress in relation to the event or significant impairment in daily functioning. The stress-related disturbance does not meet criteria for any other mental disorder. And then going into treatment real quick, first line will be psychotherapy. We're not doing pharmacotherapy for this. It's going to be psychotherapy. And the first line psychotherapy is going to be individual or group therapy. Just to help me remember that, I don't know if it's crucial to know individual or group therapy or, or what the first line is for the treatment necessarily, but I had in my head adjust to the change in your life alone or in a group, their choice. I don't know if that's really going to help anybody else. I have more of these little sayings during my family medicine rotation, but I thought this was kind of helpful. Maybe just adjust, you know, in quotes and bold that word adjust for adjustment disorder to the change in your life alone or in a group, but it's the patient's choice. And then if wanted or if warranted, medications may be used in selected cases, but again, they are not the preferred treatment. So that would cover these conditions. Um, I don't think they're necessarily a ton of information there you have to know. I think a lot of the timeframes, again, are going to be really important in these. So hopefully that helps just going over these three conditions really quick, ASD, PTSD, and adjustment disorder, just trying to compare and contrast the differences and similarities between the three. But yeah, I think the main thing is keep those timeframes in mind and then keep in mind that psychotherapy, it's going to be first line in all of those. And then for PTSD specifically, PTSD, and you're trying to get that peroxidine and sertraline. So hopefully that helps and I'll see you next time.